Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. Hey, everyone. This is Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. This podcast is designed to bring you actionable tips from extraordinary educators. Each week, we share best practices, ideas, and stories from educators to help you thrive. And once again, we just wanted to share that our thoughts and commitments are with you, your students, and your families everywhere impacted by school closures during this time. We hope that this pre-recorded episode provides a smile and a reminder of the critical work that you do. We also invite you to visit curriculumassociates.com slash at home for more resources to support learning at a distance. And we are very, very excited to have a special guest with us today. Wrapping up our last episode of season one, we have with us Rob Waldron, who is the CEO of Curriculum Associates. So although we are not uh, interviewing a teacher today, we wanted to share this episode during Teacher Appreciation Week to show how much our entire company, Danielle, Rob, and myself all appreciate you. So Rob, if you wanna just introduce yourself before we dive in here. Oh, thanks, Eric. Uh, it's Rob Waldron here. Uh, I'm the CEO of Curriculum Associates and uh, been here about 12 years uh, on part of a 20-year employment contract to uh, to be of service to educators around the country. So um, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So why don't we start by asking, what does teacher appreciation mean to you? Well, I, you know, I think um, I, as the son of a teacher, uh, and growing up uh, with a single mom for for quite a bit of time, I know how hard teachers work uh, well beyond uh, their time in the classroom. And I I grew up with having that appreciation in that sense, you know, with a mom who had to raise two very rambunctious boys alone. And and um, and so just just our way of reaching out and saying we recognize these things, we recognize how hard the work is, uh, and how important each of those individuals are in uh, in the lives of children. And we're well aware we're just a tool to support teachers, and the the best thing you can do to make a difference in a child's life is to have a world class teacher, and and uh, we're just there to offer support, and nothing we can do can be anywhere close to what. Definitely, and I think I always remember this week as an as a teacher, it was just it came in a nice time of the year. The school year is wrapping up, and it's just nice to feel a lot of support coming from your students, your families, your colleagues, and now more than ever, you see it all over social media. You see it in the news people are realizing, if they didn't before, how hard teachers work, right? There's a lot of families that are working just with one child and, and it's hard. And so we just wanna, just wanna share our appreciation and gratitude to all of you for what you do every single day, no matter where you are teaching from. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's an interesting point. I, I think the, obviously no one in, uh, in the world wants to have COVID-19, but um, I'm sure there'll be lessons from COVID-19. And one of those, is how hard the job is of a teacher. I, mm-hmm. I joke all the time, we have 20% of the children in the United States who use uh, our software, uh, iReady. And, uh, but back here at home, I have a, a hard, and we're, I'm supposed to be an expert on this. Back at home, I have a hard time trying to figure out what to do with two teenagers. So uh, uh, even though we have 8 million uh, kids online. So, <laughs> uh, and I think uh, everyone is um, is understanding the complexity of 
of raising a learner and nurturing a learner. And, uh, and I think teachers will come out of this crisis more respected than they ever have been because people tried it themselves and then realized that maybe they don't have some of the magic that we see in schools. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's even from it's really interesting to even see celebrities and in this time of COVID-19, right? Like everyone is doing the best they can. Everyone's in the same situation and I mean Shonda Rhimes texted that she homeschooled her kids for 1 minute and she's so appreciative of teachers. So ag- agreed. Like we totally appreciate <laughs> everything you're doing as educators. So we wanted to share some of our appreciation by telling stories of even some of our favorite teachers. So Rob, do you have a story to share about an educator that made a difference for you? Sure. I, I had, uh, well, it was, it was actually a teacher that turned to an administrator and, um, and I, I live in a town now called Whalen, Massachusetts. Uh, and I decided to settle back in this town. My children go to high school. Uh, we went to high school in the same high school I went to. And, and, um, I, uh, my, I had some mental health issues in my, in my family and I didn't realize at the time that I was, uh, I was on a list. Um, I know that now because I understand how these things work, but I was I was a l- little bit on a list of people making sure to check in and that kind of thing. And um, the the then superintendent of schools, Dr. William Zimmerman, uh, Dr. Z, uh, used to come and um, pick me up uh, at 630 in the morning from my house with three other kids who I now know were on a list. And uh <laughs> and open up the gym, the high school gym, and work out with us in the morning. It was an extraordinary thing. And, uh, and he, I was thinking that he was just opening up, but I, you know, every morning he would give little life lessons, uh, try to get me to believe in myself. And, um, uh, and, and I learned a lot about leadership. I learned a lot about uh, compassion um, uh, from him. And it's funny, I, I've, I've told the story a few times, but when I ended up um, applying for college, I asked him to do a recommendation and, um, and he wrote in this, I wasn't the best student at the time. It was a bit of a, a knucklehead. Uh, and <laughs> he wrote a letter uh, to the admissions people saying he was one, I was one of the top two or three um, best students he'd ever seen in his career. And I you know, I, I thought, well, <laughs> I can't believe this. Anyway, I found out uh, a year later, his secretary wrote uh, 25 of those letters that year and had written over 600 in 30 years. So he wrote 600 times that some kid he was trying to take care of was one of the top two or three he'd ever met in his career. And we all got into college. And uh, and the thing that was neat about that, I know, you know, maybe that's not nice to share, but uh, I started to believe him. And it wasn't true at all, but I started to believe him and that belief, I needed to learn how to believe in myself like, since I had some of these other complications uh, growing up. And, um, and I started to believe in myself and he was an educator that made me believe in myself. And I think that's the, the essence of a great educator and uh, when I didn't believe in myself. That story, thank you for sharing. That is really powerful. And as you know, in my travels, when I present and work with educators, that's exactly the belief, I mean, research shows that to be true. It's so amazing when an educator believes in the students before they even believe in themselves, because that's the power of an amazing educator. And we know that educators right now and in the future and all the time are doing this every single day, instilling that belief. And what also I liked about your story is that 
it wasn't in the classroom. It wasn't like they, this, this educator taught you geometry in a different way, created a really essential connection with you, which you've remembered to this day. That's another thing that educators do that can't be replaced is the essential connections and making, um, making the kids holding those safe spaces and knowing that they're cared for, which is a powerful part of being a teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just right. Thank you so much for sharing. Tough act to follow, but I, I'll try. <laughs> so growing up uh, in elementary and the beginning of middle school, I absolutely despised math. I hated it. I didn't like how there was only one right answer because I would get really stressed out if I got, I knew that if you got the answer wrong, it's wrong. And it just was never fun. I didn't understand how lots of things I was learning applied to real life. Uh, then that all changed in eighth grade. I had a math teacher, Mr. DeBay, who, and it wasn't even so much as what I was learning. He just made it so fascinating. Everything was connected to a real life example. He would always start off with asking us a question or having us read a news article or talking about something relevant to our lives and then somehow relating it. Today, we're gonna learn this and then weaving it into what we had just talked about. And so those real world connections and then different strategies that he used that I still remember to this day, when we learned slope, for example, he would use different color markers. And for me as a visual learner, it really helped me understand what was happening and everything just made sense all of a sudden. And I was more inspired and motivated to try to get the answer right, to have a love for math and to really understand why what I was doing was important. Um, and so from that moment on, I decided I really wanted to be a teacher and and math was sort of my passion as a teacher. I, when I taught elementary, it was my favorite subject to teach. And then I ended up being a math teacher for a few years. So uh, thanks to him and his love of learning and his understanding of how important it is to make real life connections in the classroom, um, not only just changed my view on math, but also uh, allowed me to hopefully inspire that in, in tons of other students. Wow, that's a great story. And did you ever tell him? Did you ever find him? Yes, I did find him, not on Facebook because he doesn't have a, but I went back to the school, uh, to my middle school. He doesn't teach there anymore. He's now retired. Um, but when I was in college studying education, I went back and told him and he was really excited, but also didn't really seem surprised. So my guess is that I'm not the first person that told him that. Yeah, just, <laughs> um, just another day for him. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, the 106th so. person that did that, yeah. <laughs> But just, I just love seeing like when I was teaching and even using the different colors, you're seeing the aha moment, just knowing that, that I had that moment in his class and then I was able to do that for others was, was really great. So that is the teacher that I appreciate. That's a great story. What about you, Danielle? Yeah. yeah. And for all of those math education educators listening, that is so powerful. I mean, if if you are teaching math because of a teacher, please find that teacher and share that because that is Mm -hmm. remarkable. And that um, a lot of times is not always the case. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. I mean, for me, um, I actually did connect with my one of my favorite teachers just recently on Facebook because he shared something on Facebook about the power of being a teacher and he's retired. He was my music teacher and I love, he. this guy was amazing. I mean, I, I wasn't, I was a little bit, um, had a hard time focusing in school. I was a little bit extroverted. I don't know if that resonates if you know me. Oh, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> and I needed not a surprise. Not a surprise. <laughs> and I, I had I was squirrely and really needed to channel my energy. And I found that to be true music. And he saw my potential, really helped me be an advocate for myself. I played the saxophone. I was in jazz band. Um, he helped me make a lot of really hard decisions. 
in my life. He supported me. He was there for me when I had to even decide whether or not I wanted to major in music. He just was an all around amazing guy. And it was so cool because he posted something on Facebook and all of his former students came out of the woodwork and commented on his Facebook page of how much of a difference he made. So having those, like, even if you are not teaching currently, um, if you are an adult and had, you know, a teacher that made a difference, find them, let them know. You can still appreciate educators that are retired. You can still appreciate educators that made a difference because there is never a shortage of goodwill and gratitude. Um, so I was really excited that I was able to connect with him. And he was so honored and so loved. And he just spread so much joy to so many kids, which was great. Okay, it should be, uh, what, what's, the, what's the great movie? Uh, Mr. Holland's the, Opus? Yeah, Mr. Holland's That's Opus. Sorry. Yeah, that is right. <laughs> So everyone, you know, we're all sitting around, like, if you're going to watch something on Netflix, like for teacher appreciation, let's all go back and watch Mr. Holland's Opus, right? Don't you think that should be required? Yes, that is. That is great. And then Love comment <laughs> on this podcast once you watch yes. it and um, share your thoughts about it, because... Yes, that I love Mr. Hutt. Just just thinking about the movie gives me goosebumps. And I think, I mean, luckily, hopefully everyone had a Mr. Holland in their mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And so speaking of appreciating teachers, we know a lot of teachers are listening right now and other educators. And so we just wanted to share some ways that you can show appreciation to your colleagues remotely. Um, some of these you can also do next year or whenever. Um, but but I think now when we're feeling a little more not as connected as usual, it's it's more important than ever to show each other appreciation. We're sure you have lots of either folks on your grade team or a subject team or folks that help in your classroom or leaders in your building that you appreciate. And so I'll share a few virtual ways first. Um, one thing that we've seen a lot of so far uh, between teacher communication and also student to teacher communication is Flipgrid. So you can make videos and send them along, tell your colleague why you appreciate them. Also a kudo board. Uh, we'll link these all in the show notes, but essentially it just creates a virtual bulletin board where you can write nice things, you can add gifts or photos, and then you send it along to the person and you can have up to 10 people write something. So it's just a, 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 essentially like a virtual greeting card. Um, and then you can also send online cards. Um, and so just again, just ways to, to share during Teacher Appreciation Week how much you appreciate each other. Uh, Danielle, I know you had some ideas for some non-virtual ways. <laughs> uh, right. I don't know if you remember something called a card or a pen and a paper. <laughs> you could actually write letters. You could send a card through the mail. I saw something really cute about um, virtual or creating hugs and sending hugs through the mail. Like your kids can put pain on their arms and actually create like a hug. But ways you can call somebody, <laughs> you could find them on Facebook and then write a direct message. There's lots of ways to just share gratitude. And this is why we wanted to record this podcast, especially to say, we are grateful for you. We know that you're doing amazing work and we thank you so much for being in education. Anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah. No, here's uh Here's to the great teachers of America. We thank you for your unbelievable service, particularly right now. We at Curriculum Associates, rather than celebrating Teacher Appreciation Week this year, we are going to be celebrating during the entire month of May for all that you do. So thank you again. Um, this is all we have time for today. Rob, we really appreciate you being here. We know you're just a little bit busy, um, but thank you for taking time out of your super busy days and weeks um, to thank all of our teachers and, and celebrate this with us. Well, happy to be here, and thanks for putting this together. 
Oh, of course. And this is the last episode of season one of the Extraordinary Educator podcast. Woo! <laughs> so um, this will wrap up our season. Stay tuned. We will begin season two sometime in August. And you can still please post on social media. Let us know what topics you'd like us to cover. We'll be interviewing a ton more extraordinary educators. So if you like those episodes, we'll be doing way more of that. And how can they find us in between now and whenever they listen to us next? Yeah, so find us on Twitter at Curriculum Associates, especially during May. We'll be celebrating, uh, shouting out teachers and other educators all month long. And on Instagram at MyIready, that's M-Y-I-R-E-A-D-Y. Thank you so much for being with us this season. We had such a great time and we hope you enjoyed it too. Thank you. So until next time, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.